Hello and welcome to the Believe Crew podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. Today on the podcast, we have Carolyn Yonke with Athena Legal Solutions. And Carolyn, as with all podcasts, can you tell us how you got into this business? My journey to being a lawyer, I would say, is very long and convoluted. This is like my third career. So I'll just hop to how I became the founding attorney of Athena Legal Solutions. So I worked in corporate in-house counsel for several years, and it was great. I got to experience lots of different things, but I was sick of burning out and spending 70 hours away from my kids and family and not feeling like I was really making a difference in the world. Um, so I took some time, took a step back, was like, do I even want to do this stuff? And during that time I had a, a, someone reach out to me and go, do you think you could help me with some legal stuff? I was like, sure. Happy to. She was a female president of a startup. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to help you. That's exactly what I do. So I did that. And then somebody else called me and they're like, someone told you could maybe help me start a nonprofit. I'm like, I'd love to, that would be fun. And I was like, Hmm, maybe I need to do something about this. And just kind of happened organically like that. But then I was like, yeah, this is, I like this part of law, the part where I'm helping people who like are making a difference every day. And like, I'm re- it's not like I'm one of 20 lawyers serving this organization. I'm the only lawyer because they can't afford to go out and get a whole army of lawyers to help them figure things out. And it's really, you know, their whole family and their family's livelihood on, yeah you know, that are on the line if this doesn't work out well. And so here I am three years later. So you started with the idea that, hey, I could probably help people. So how long was it before you started bringing on team members? I brought in someone a, almost a year later. So I started okay. the interviewing process, of course, took a long time because it was COVID because I went into business in the November of 2019 but I hired someone in October of 2020. So probably in the summer I started hiring. So of course, hiring during COVID was a very interesting and challenging thing unto itself. But yeah, I brought on another lawyer then. And in fact, we never met in person until November of 2021. So we've worked together almost the entire year without meeting in person because of COVID and times. At what point did you start realizing, like, actually, I think I'd like to even grow this even more? Like, what is that like? Take me through the journey a little bit. So, like I said, I kind of started my business haphazardly, fell into it, right? Not a lot of business yeah. planning. I had I had the ability to do that. I had the luxury. You had the, you had the technical skills. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I went and did a business planning class because I've always, that was my secret dream to be a CEO was... I wanted mm. to be a CEO. It was my secret dream that I'd talked to with my coach and I hardly told anybody. I love it. And so I did a business planning course in February of 2020 where they forced me to come up with a five-year plan. And in that five-year mm. plan, they were like, you need to think about adding staff because that's the only way you grow a business is you add people. And I was already like, I got that because 
Like, I didn't name my law firm the Yankee Law Firm, like most lawyers name their firms. So I picked something that was like purposefully kind of inspiring, but not my identity so that it could be something that was more than me. And so it was truly through that business planning process that I saw what it could be now. Mm. Making all of that happen is a whole other thing, but I saw what adding people could help me do and how that would work. And so it's always been a goal. I would say how I go about growing it is evolving over time. So I want to go back to what you had mentioned there about how you kind of fell into it and you're not sure if that's the normal way. Like, I think the thing that's normal, fairly normal, is that starting a business as the technician is fairly normal. Whether or not you move beyond the technician is the not normal piece in small business, right? Agreed. Step completely. Away. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because there are millions of small businesses that are owned by technicians who eventually like when they want to retire, there's nowhere to go mm-hmm. because they have been the, and they're very profitable, well-run businesses. Right. But when you're the only person who can do the work, it's hard right. to sell and get your value out of it at the end. If you aren't thinking about having a sellable asset, it mm-hmm. is basically you've decided to work really hard for yourself. And let's be honest, mm-hmm. this whole entrepreneurship really thing is a lot of work and you're just eventually going to retire and you're just going to like walk away from everything you built, all that goodwill, all those clients, all of that value. Like building a house and then leaving the door o- and the windows open and walking away. Absolutely. It can't sustain itself. Yeah. And, and I'm just really envisioning this and thinking about it because even as a technician, if somebody said, no, I don't want a team, like totally fine. Mm-hmm. I still think that if we come from this perspective, what is going to be sellable at the end? Like let's acknowledge you're going to have some assets, something, maybe it's a customer list, maybe it's a brand, maybe it's, um, you know, some tools or right. equipment or something like that. Maybe it's a building. Like there's different things that if we could acknowledge these things are actually part of what we've built, then there's a viable business here right. or, or some type of a sellable product. And we don't have to just leave the windows and the doors open and walk away. Right. And there's a million people who do what you do, not how you do it, but they do what you do, right? right? Or do it in a similar way. And to your point, those people, if you're on the tail end of your career and someone's on the way coming up, they would benefit greatly from purchasing your learnings, right? That this is Mm -hmm. the process that makes this work really well, or this, you know, these are the, this is the form I have someone fill out. I mean, as a business owner, these are things that we all learn on our own. We're like, okay, so I probably need a form for intake. What's that look like? Right. You you tweak yeah. it over the years and you find out, okay, this is the perfect one. But like, if I could just go buy that form yeah. from somebody and a book of business exactly. clients, like, right. why wouldn't I? And decide, you know what? I'll tweak this a little bit, but otherwise this looks good to me. I love thinking about this from the perspective of being able to create value beyond you know, when we lay the hammer down or when we decide, you know what, my time here is no longer. If we think about running our businesses from the perspective of what if we sold in three to five years, 10 years, you know, put a number out there and then shift the thinking and like, what would you clean up? Probably there's something. I want to go back to you and going into business. And I'm curious what the transition was like for you from corporate to business because I have no concept of what that's like. I've only been in, in business. There's good and bad. And I would say it's also because I started my business in the middle of COVID. I think my experience was very different because 
all my kids were home from school and that's right. not what it's normally like when you start your business and you work from home. So that was a little crazy. Did you find your max capacity where you're like, I still got more room here? I'm well, good. this is something that all mothers know. There's always more time. Like yeah. when you start having <laughs> kids, you're like, I had so much free time. What was I thinking? And yeah. I thought I was super busy. And then you had another kid and you're like, it work right we can make it right yeah so there's always time right it's just a relative thing and how well you can manage it like once you're in the world right of entrepreneurship like it's a really welcoming community like everybody is all how can i help you how can i help you right. be successful right. because which is different than the corporate world completely which is you know there's only one seat at the right. table and so you have to fight for that one seat but we're right. like and how many people applying for it right and so it's just a really different, but even now when I talk to people, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. You know, is mm -hmm. it really the right time to do this? It's like, there's never a right time for anything. Like you just mm -hmm. have to decide you want to do it and you need to have the confidence and the support and like just the more we can normalize that and encourage that yeah. risk taking, like, I just think is so important. So I want to dig into this a little bit because what I'm hearing you say is like when people come to you because they're thinking about starting a business, because that's really when they're like, Hey, do I need an LLC? Can you help me with the paperwork? Or maybe they have a partnership that they're thinking about going into business and you're going to help them with the contracts, or maybe they're going to have 1099 vendors and you're going to help them with those contracts. All those types of things, they're coming to you at the point where they have not committed. Is it often that when they come to you, it's kind of that commitment point. Like they put the money out there and then they're like, all right, we're in. <laughs> I, I think there's three schools of thoughts. There's the people who are fully committed and are just looking for the right lawyer, right? And so there's, I would mm. say like, that's, that's a third of the people. The other third are people who are pretty risk averse, but are confident mm. they want to start a business. And so they, they, they're, talking to a lawyer to move they want to set it up because, right because they want their yeah. their risk averse and then there's the people who i would say are they really want to do it but they're not confident mm -hmm. it's that third group that you were talking about that's yeah. like is this even possible can i do it how do i how do i even think about that just so many different conversations of well you know we have this going on in our lives right now should yeah. i really be doing this and you know i can't tell somebody if it's the right time for them Right. But I can yeah. talk them through what it's like and right. my experiences and the experiences of my clients, what they've had as they've grown. And I can connect them to people who might do similar things right. or could help them, you know, people like you, right. Who can help them get right. through those mindset blocks and really think about strategically about their business. But yeah, I, those are the ones that make me sad, particularly the ones who I know yeah. end up deciding it's not for them because right. the doubts and fears won. Yep. Because they clearly had a dream and they clearly mm -hmm. felt passionately about it, but they just didn't have the confidence in themselves. This speaks to what I believe is often the issue when we're growing businesses. If we don't increase our upper limit, you know, our set points, what we believe about ourselves, our low confidence, our values. I believe most entrepreneurs are dealing with that or they're you know, like, okay, I'm going to bust through this wall anyway. <laughs> like, I'm going to kick myself in the butt here. I mean, there's different types. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. How Absolutely. are we going to get to the next level? <laughs> and they're not always, 
they don't always consciously recognize them either, right? Like they know they want to do it. They know they're, but they don't realize that there's actually something tripping them up in, in their thought process. Right. And you and I talked about um, something similar the other day where it was like, do you ever have those moments where you have to like pick yourself up off the floor and like, okay, I still got this. (laughs) And you're like, wait, or, or moments of doubts and fears. And you're like, wait, you mean before this call and after this call? <laughs> it's like, I love that. Yeah, the, the every <laughs> time you're a roller coaster. Often. Yeah, it is a roller coaster. And it gets, it gets to that, you know, I don't know that we always buy a ticket to the ride that we're on, but it gets to that you kind of know what to expect a little bit. Like where I, I've started to notice when are my breakthrough moments? I, mm. I in the past, um, maybe six months ago, not that long ago, I had my breakthrough moments would be complete meltdown days, like complete meltdown, you know, get everything off my calendar. I'm completely out of, you know, yeah. and commission. And my team knew that they were there for me and, you know, gave me that space. And then the next day or within the next couple of days, we'd have these breakthroughs. And so I had read someone else say, you know, before a breakthrough, I get a little nauseous. And I was like, well, I'm going to reprogram my body so that that's my new breakthrough. <laughs> like, when I know that I'm a little nauseous instead of the complete meltdown for 24 hours, I was like, I can see a breakthrough is coming. Yes. So I think there's something to that theory because when I went and signed up for that business planning course that I took after I'd been in business yeah. for what, you know, two minutes and had made yeah. like a hundred dollars, I, yeah. <laughs> I, used my credit, my personal credit card. And I spent a couple thousand dollars and I wanted to vomit the whole time as I did it. And, Mm. and they were like, this is totally normal. Like you should be a little scared. Otherwise you probably haven't thought it through. Like there should be. (laughs) That's funny. Like uh, if you're just like, eh, what's, eh, what's $2,000. I can just blow that. Like it means that you haven't thought about it. You aren't really being realistic about it. Um, so, so I think there is like, when you have that little bit of like, yeah, that, that, means, that means you're doing good things. You're pushing the boundaries. And as long as you've done yeah. your research, go for it. Well, in the same with, when you think about pushing the boundaries, sometimes I, I know for myself, I was looking for external validation. So I wanted somebody else to tell me that my dream is possible or somebody else to tell me, yes. I would pay you for that. And that's called the a coach. Was, is it, the what? That's called a coach. Right, right, right. But yeah, right. <laughs> but even more, I wanted like more external validation. Like, please show me that this is true. And then what, what just continued to come up is like, if this is my calling, then I need to have unwavering faith and step out in that fear zone. It was freaky. Like, oh. So I, I just don't, you know, showing up for my job every day was not the same. Agree. And it's also interesting because I, I'm very attuned to my fear because mm. I know I have a lot of it, which people always <laughs> say four really? letter F word, right? I'm like, yeah, I have so much fear, like so much insecurity and doubt. But one of the things, cause I have two coaches, not just one, I have two. One I of my it. coaches. I highly recommend that. Yep. I have one that's very mindset focused and I have one that's business focused, like tactically get the stuff done in your business. Um, But my mindset coach 
as I was thinking about leaving and starting my own business and what I wanted to do, we talked all the time. My, she's always like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't want to make a fear-based decision. I want, like, mm. I don't want to do something because it's safe or like, I know it's, I, like, I want to do something because it actually hits all the things I want to achieve, not because mm-hmm. it's safe and not because I'm afraid of all of the other options. And still yeah. working with her three years later, I still have to tell myself, I'm making a fear-based decision. Like as I'm talking to her, I was like, just like, right, what's, right. what's prompting this? It's like fear. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Right. Being able to acknowledge it is definitely a huge step. Like being able to, you know, we can get through it faster at least yeah. by acknowledging it. But this is a huge thing. I, I worked with a coach for 18 months on things like fear and my value and what were the voices in my head and my self-talk. And he really helped me recognize even when other people were operating out of fear and like how to speak to it differently. And so it is not, you know, independent. It's not exclusive to entrepreneurs. I mean, it's happening in businesses when we're trying to build teams. I mean, I feel like, well, I think everybody needs a coach (laughs) at all levels. Like I would like it to be available at all levels. They, they do. And I, and I also think in the corporate world, it's one of those things that they tend to only give certain people. Yeah. yeah. But really every manager should have coaching skills. Yes. Because to be yes. a really good manager, you have to coach your team. It's and, yes. and you lead them, but you also have to coach them in how to be being better versions of themselves so that they're contributing yeah. in a way that's the most valuable. Yeah, I mean, coaching is a game changer. I, I highly mm-hmm. encourage everyone who who is starting a business or is have has ever thought about it like go get a coach you'll be shocked at the well just the realizations yeah. that you're like oh that's a trend or you know i seem yeah. to make that kind of decision often or mm. that you'll just start to realize that you you just become more self-aware right which right. can then when you're more self-aware you can be better make different choices about it instead of just respond like i I like what I heard recently. Someone was saying, you know, there's always another level of growth, especially when you're in business, but even personally, there's always another level. And the conversation was, you know, between two business owners and um, the one was saying, you know, I'd like to not react as often as I do. And I think that's what I found through mindset coaching and mindset work and dealing with trauma and healing from the past is that I'm not reacting I can respond. And then if the other person is reacting, well, guess what? It's on them. <laughs> right, right. You can't control this the people. This my problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I took a great, um, one of my first coaching things, which is how I got into having a coach, was this class. And it was think, pause, act. Mm, so, you, know, true, you yeah. think about what you want to have happen. Then you pause so that you're not doing that mm. immediate response. And then you act so that you're doing it in an intentional manner. And I just think that's a really beautiful way. It's hard, right? I mean, it's, yeah, like the way that you say it's like easy. It's knows like, it's not no. hard. Well, the fun part now that we do so much coaching in our house, our kids don't let us get away with anything anymore either. And they can start to hear because the language has shifted in our house yes. and they can hear when we're operating on fear and they can hear when they're like, that is actually not the same belief I have. So I don't want you putting that on me. You know, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's so true. There's just something beautiful though about talking to kids about businesses, though. Like, 
but mm-hmm. having them hear the conversations of how you make decisions and you evaluate, you know, what you want to do and what you don't want to do or what you're trying to achieve and, and what the sacrifices you're willing to make for those things. Right. right. Like right. we have very much family conversations about it because our decisions impact them, you know, and, yeah. and they're lively, like what their life looks like. Right. So I just, I think it just helps them be better prepared, you know, for when they're the humans versus like, I know why parents tend to have all those conversations behind closed doors when I was a kid. Right. And so you never saw, you saw the result. Mm-hmm. You never saw. Right. The back How it happened. What was the actual? Yeah. Yeah. So when you think about someone getting into business today, what is something that you would love for them to know? It is easier and th- and harder than you think. I love that. Oh my word. It's both, right? It is both. It is both. It is not as scary as it seems, but it is hard. It is not for the emotionally and mentally weak because it is that roller coaster. Like every five minutes you feel it's the best day ever to people hate me and nothing I do is valuable. Uh, (laughs) Right. So you really have to be able to push through that, but it's worth it. It's, and I think that's ultimately why so many people do it, right? It's it's worth all of that struggle because mm-hmm. I'm the captain of my destiny. Um, I yeah. get to do something I'm passionate about that's changing the world. One of my favorite statistics is 90% of small business owners give back to their community. 90%. Wow, that's huge. These are huge. people who day in, day out, make their community a better place. Like, it's Why wouldn't you true. want to be part of that group? Right. Think about all the signs that are at the hockey rink or the baseball diamond or the, you know, softball or whatever. They're all small, uh, mostly small business owners. And I know trying to get money from the big companies, it's not that easy, right? So the small business owners are the ones giving the 250, $500 to sponsor the local teams. I mean, you're a hundred percent right. I love that statistic. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, I like, it's worth it. Go If if you Mm -hmm. feel a calling to do it, educate yourself like don't just go off and do it crazy like educate yourself but it's worth it it's so worth it because you're part of such a wonderful community and you need to find a community if you don't have one, you need to find a community right because otherwise it can be lonely and like we already know it's going to be hard so let's take away the lonely piece i mean that that should be the easiest piece to take away i can't take away whether or not some things are going to be difficult for you, but we can create a community and surround ourselves with like-minded people. Even if it's in podcasts, even if it's in, you know, monthly connections or calls or, you know, hiring people that are on your team, like somehow create a team. Yeah. Or just someone who texts you to say, Hey, how'd it go today? Or you said you were going to get this done. Did you get it done? Like, can you remind me? (laughs) And then I'll remind you, right. and I, because right. people are always more accountable when somebody's checking up on them, right? Um, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, business just, besties. Yes, you just need that because it's it's so critical. You should never do this alone. Never, ever, ever. Yeah. It's too hard. Yeah, that I do agree with, and I know, like, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, and so you know, game night might also be. Uh, someone's getting some business advice along the way or someone's sharing a a struggle. And so that was normal for me growing up. And I think it's important to have some non-family members in the mix. That's something that that we didn't, you know, look to find as strong. I realized today that would have been a little bit better better of a stronger model. Again, that independent third party kind of perspective of 
I mean, because everybody approaches things slightly differently. I mean, that's why it works to have such a big, diverse group of people, right? In entrepreneurship and you don't freak out about it. It's because everybody's slightly different. And I always find that I can learn something valuable after I've talked to that. I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about approaching it that way. Like, oh, that would make this so much easier. Yeah. And then the other half might be, I would never, ever do my business that way. Right, right. But there's always some nugget in there that you can get from talking to other business owners. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation. And I'm wondering if there's anything else left that you feel has been left unsaid that you'd like to express. Oh, okay. I think the two biggest mistakes I see in business. So um, my little lawyer soapbox is people who don't use contracts with their people that they hire, whether they're hiring our contractor or an employee. The Department of Workforce Development in Wisconsin is going after people. This is like they're trying to find money after they gave out so much unemployment. And if you don't have a contract that explains that someone's an independent contractor, not an employee, you could owe tens to twenties of thousands, of, if not more, in back taxes. And that is that could completely shut down a business. Right, right. That'd be devastating. The second thing is, if you feel strongly about your brand and you have a company that is super brand important and you've invested in a trademark, which is not a cheap thing to have, you have Mm -hmm. to use it appropriately and monitor it. So many people Mm -hmm. are like, I got the trademark and then they don't do anything. Well, the USPTO can actually revoke your registration if you don't actually stop other people from using it. So you're not out Mm -hmm. there watching what others are doing. Mm-hmm. And if you don't use your circle R appropriately, because um, sometimes people mm-hmm. won't even like update their mark and put the circle R when they get it. It's meaningless then if you don't do it because you you're not using it. So no one's on notice. And so it's mean, it's completely meaningless. And so you've wasted your investment. Hmm. Good conversation <laughs> and good tips for us. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was wonderful. <laughs>